The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. You're tuned in to an all-new edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett, Bradley Sal, Bo Wallace coming up here shortly, talking some staff stuff, the Outback Bowl, Bo getting a new job. A lot to cover in this edition of Talk of Champions, but before we get into it, let me tell you about my bookie. It's the most wonderful time of a year that can't end soon enough. We all deserve a win. We all deserve a little extra money in our pocket, and we all deserve to have a little fun. The only place you're guaranteed to get all three is my bookie. They're the only sports book that doesn't care whether you were naughty or nice this year. They've got gifts for everyone. Bet NFL, NBA, all your favorite college sports and more. Sign up today and receive the ultimate stocking stuffer, a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's a great place to start, but we all know Christmas is about what's under the tree. And at my bookie, that means huge deposit bonuses, epic giveaways, and free contests. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to MyBookie to make the most of the holidays this year and strut into 2021 with cash in your pocket. This winner bet the best. Bet with MyBookie. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! Christmas break. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. You know the drill. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OleMissSpirit.com, the food of 247 Sports. Today's guest, on Talk of Champions, coming to you on the Modern Woman phone line is Bo Wallace, good friend of the program, former Ole Miss quarterback. We were supposed to do this interview December 13th, 12th. Wires got crossed. But he's back here today to bring us back from break. Did you have a good holiday? What's up, man? Yeah, pretty good. You know, just, just your typical. Wasn't, wasn't, didn't get to see a lot of family this year because of circumstances, but we had a little bit of family in. And, um, you know, the kids kids got their toys. They got their, They enjoyed it, so... Um, no accidents on the hoverboard just yet, but they're coming. Did you assemble anything ridiculous Christmas Eve? No. So I was, um, I, I, I do not buy those tedious type of toys for, I mean, it's, I just, I avoid those at all costs. 
we don't even wrap our presents. We buy things that you, that you don't even wrap. You just you lay it all out like it's from Santa, and you um, you move on. I can't do the wrapping. Can't do the ridiculous um, put-togethers. It was nice to hit the refresh button, take a step back, and recharge the batteries for a little bit, but it didn't feel like much of a break. I had a lot of people constantly hitting me up, including Bradley Sal, um, about Ole Miss stuff, just rumors and things that we'd been hearing. The most absurd or maybe the rumor that best caught your interest over Christmas holiday was what? I didn't really see a ton of rumors. I did see that, um, you know, I, I'm a little bit worried about the Taiwan Malone. Um, I'm, I'm hoping we get him, but I, I, something tells me that, that that may not go our way. I know that uh, we've been predicting him to come to Ole Miss, but um, that was probably the one that disappointed me the most. The biggest rumor I heard was, as we know now, Lane Kiffin got rid of Deke Adams. And replacing him for the bowl game is a graduate assistant named Marquise Watson, who is a highly coveted graduate assistant. He's going to have many opportunities in the offseason. Actually was in the, what is it, 247 Sports 30 under 30 in the coaching profession for 2020. So he's a rising star. It wouldn't surprise me if after going through a search, Lane Kiffin decides just to keep Marquise. But I do think he's going to go big game hunting. As far as Chuck's report about Bo Davis, I hadn't heard anything about Bo Davis really. But it's my boss, he's my publisher, and Chuck has been an institution covering Ole Miss since the 80s. So if Chuck's saying something, there's credence to it. I bring that up because that's one coaching change so far, staff change for Lane Kiffin. I've heard there's probably going to be at least three, including the one that just happened. At least three. If you made me set an over-under at it, I'd probably say three and a half. I think he wants to do something big defensively. And there was way too much rumor out there last week, as I'm trying to take a break, phone blowing up, friends calling, about Will Muschamp. And Will Muschamp, Mm -hmm. I think wants to be a defensive coordinator again. There might be some things contractually that play into this as well. But I think what's really fed the rumor is Lane Kiffin and Will Muschamp, they're good friends. They're in a text chain together, keep regular correspondence and stuff like that with each other. So I do think there is some smoke there. If Lane goes big, I think he's going to go for Will Muschamp as defensive coordinator, which would mean a change at DJ Durkin, who's currently the defensive coordinator. So those are the biggest rumors that I heard over Christmas break. But as I wrote to Brad, when Brad asked me about Tywin Malone, whatever, I'm checked out. I don't know. A little of that was me just saying, I love you, but I'm not talking about all this stuff this week. But that's the biggest rumor. Yeah, I think that would obviously be a huge hire. You know, um, he's a very good defensive coordinator. But if you look across the nation, man, there's a, there's a big, there's a, you know, there's a lot of defensive coordinator jobs open and a lot of them out there um, available. So, um, yeah, if Ole Miss could land him over some of the others, that that would be outstanding. I know um, him and Lane having a relationship is is huge. Um, I don't know how I don't know with with Will Muschamp looking at our talent if he's interested in coming, but um, it it would be quite a project for him to step into. But he may be the um, the guy to come in with the fire and 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 to get him playing right. But you know we'll see. Um, we'll see. I mean I think it would definitely be an interesting hire and it would be a big name to bring in with some passion and energy. I'd heard a little bit about Jeff Levy a lot of interest in Jeff Levy and then Auburn undercover, which is the two, four, seven sports Auburn site reported on Monday that Jeff Levy was under consideration or at least had caught the eye of Brian Harson, the new head coach at Auburn to be his OC. And I've heard some rumblings about LSU and Jeff Levy. I think Jeff Levy is going to be a coveted candidate to go somewhere else to be OC. So if you ask me of all the guys that if you looked at the staff and ranked them, the one 
you definitely don't want to lose that you're most worried about. Mine right now would probably be Jeff Levy. And that's purely based on rumor stuff. None of this is concrete. We're in bowl week. Ole Miss takes on Indiana on Saturday. Got Bo Wallace coming up here shortly on the Modern Woman phone line. And this is really what's driving my interest because once the bowl game, which is, it doesn't have any real consequence to it. If you win or you lose, it doesn't really matter. But what this staff is going to look like in a month's time. Because one thing I thought was really interesting, Brad, on Monday is Lane Kiffin during his press conference said, recruiting is pretty much done. 95% of the kids are signed. They signed in the early signing period. Who you really waiting on? For Ole Miss, that'd be Tywon Malone. Because really what's left for Ole Miss, and I, I would assume most every big school out there, is the one-year transfer portal that's going to open up in January and effectively create free agency. And Ole Miss has already staked out some candidates for particular positions of need. That's what I think is the most interesting thing, where the staff is and the construction of the roster. There also are a couple of kids that might not play in the bowl game, might opt out like Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa did. One name I've heard is a defensive lineman. A lot could be different about Ole Miss football in a month's time. I know it's bowl week and everybody's excited about the bowl, but that's of little consequence. This stuff is of consequence. Yeah, I, I don't understand the, um, you know, a bowl game back in the day whenever I was coming up and you were saying when your kid was a big deal. I mean, it was a fun deal to play in. Um, first off and secondly it was cool to see your team go to it and it was kind of one of those things where everybody was you know ready to go win a bowl game now i feel like they're they're almost pointless and it's it's, it's super disappointed that um that, you know you have uh, other names opting out other guys trying to um you know not playing it almost it almost feels like a um you know disappointing time when it should be an exciting time because you get to go play in the postseason and practicing it better so um i don't know really where that's coming from uh, hopefully that changes over the next couple of years and kids want to buy in but yeah, they're um, the whole opting out. I get it, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is really the only one I understand with the opt out. To be honest with you, um, everybody else, you, you should enjoy every every football game you can get. Because I promise you, when it's over, um, you're going to wish you you were going to wish you could play. So um, NFL is not for sure, and it's a very small percent makes it. So um, opt out if you want to, but a year from now you could literally be sitting at home and never playing football again. So I'm not a huge fan of the opt-out. I mean, I get it if you're Elijah Moore tight within the top 30 in the NFL draft. That makes sense. Everyone else, you better get as many games in as you can because, um, you know, if we had that many guys that were NFL ready, we wouldn't, wouldn't be four and five. Players having more control, having more agency is a good thing. What this has exposed, however, everyone knows, and the players are now in on it too, that this is big business. And the only way, if you want to solve the opt-out problem, to solve that problem is bowl reform. But what is bowl reform? These games can't be ceremonial. They can't just be a, quote, reward that really isn't a reward. Yeah, you go on a bowl trip usually, not this year, but usually you go on a bowl trip and for a week you have all these fun team activities. You get these great gifts. Ole Miss is going to go up on Thursday, stay until I think Monday. I think it's three nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, Well, then they're coming back on Sunday after they play. Anyway, I've heard they're going up and staying for three nights. That is not the same thing as a typical normal year bowl trip, which would probably feel like a reward. But now players understand that the games don't mean much. Now, for fans and for coaches, it means a lot because you look at the players and say, oh, 15 more practices, this guy could maybe work 
for this position, and you could see about this guy for next year, this, that, and the other. Players don't think that way. Most of these kids are ready to just go home, take a break. So if you want to solve the problem, bowl reform. But bowl reform means expanding the playoff. I think this year, if, if you look at like ratings right now, they're really bad for college football. It has nothing to do with anything outside of, I think the product is kind of stale. And I think a lot of people were turned off by the fact that the four teams selected to the playoff were the four teams everyone expected to be selected for the playoff. It had been far more fun if Cincinnati would have been in there. Coastal Carolina, I don't care that they lost to Liberty. It doesn't mean anything that they lost to Liberty. But you put teams in there that might make it interesting. It's far more intriguing if you had Coastal Carolina taking on Alabama. Are they going to beat Alabama? No. But is there a chance? Of course there is, because they're lining up and they're playing each other. So if they're playing for something of consequence, if the Outback Bowl is a 12-seed Ole Miss and a 4-seed Indiana in the Outback Bowl, well, now everybody wants a part of that. What are they playing towards? What are you trying to achieve here? Everyone says, oh, well, you don't ever see this under Nick Saban. Well, yeah, because every single year, Alabama has a chance to compete for a national championship. Unless you're one of Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, maybe Oklahoma, Notre Dame, they always want Notre Dame in the playoff. Unless you're one of those programs, the SEC winner, so Alabama, Georgia, you get what I'm saying. Unless you're one of those programs, what are you playing for at the end of the year? So that's the real discussion now. If you want these games to matter, if you want to keep the kids playing and engaged, expand the playoff. I don't know why we still decide college football with an arcane system with a bunch of old suits in a room picking teams. Every other major sport has a playoff. The NFL has a playoff. They have a tournament. The NCAA tournament in basketball, college baseball, major league baseball, hockey, (laughs) the NBA, every other sport has a tournament. You want to solve the problem of kids opting out because they've kind of realized it's been laid bare in COVID. None of this really matters. I'm in it for me. Right now, college football is a bunch of selfish people making selfish decisions. I'm a selfish person. I'm making selfish decisions based on coverage, whatever. Every single person involved. Fans, you're making a selfish decision when you say, oh, that kid, terrible for him to opt out. He's making a selfish decision because he's looking out for number one. Everybody's looking out for themselves here. So instead of bitching and moaning about opt-outs, let's bitch and moan and raise hell some more about expanding the playoff. Because if Ole Miss right now, even if it was the slimmest of chances, when Ole Miss in basketball went to Columbia to take on Oklahoma, the first year of Kermit Davis, they weren't going to win a national championship, but they were in the tournament that the end result is a national championship. At least there's a chance, however small. These games are nothing. Make it mean something. Make all of the bowls be built around playoff games. And watch the viewership and... The sponsorships and the ad dollars just absolutely blow up. Yeah, if there was ever a year to do it, I, I think this year could have been a, a really good uh, year to do it. Just agree. There were yep. So many games. You have people playing eight, nine games this year. Um, I mean, this would have been a great year to do it. It would have kept um, you know, everyone more engaged. And this was certainly a year they could have definitely tried. I think at minimum there needs to be eight teams, um, 12 
12, I, I definitely ain't opposed to, but eight for sure. Um, and then I, I mean, I, I know you're probably still gonna have the argument who gets the nine, who gets the eight seed, who's ranked ninth and eighth. You get that same argument all the way down the totem pole. But I think at least the 18 playoff is it would be fair in college football and doable. Even if you had to cut the games down to 10 or 11, uh, probably 11 regular season games, I think it's um, it should definitely be. Uh, I'd like to see some of the smaller schools in there. You know, the Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina taking on Alabama. I mean, just it, it, of course they. They, they likely don't win, but how about the year when it, when the number one seed gets knocked off by the eight seed? That's intriguing stuff. So, um, yeah, I think there definitely needs to be expansion of the playoffs. I'm all for that. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal on this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Ole Miss football, it's here. Yeah, the season looks a little different, but some normalcy has returned. Now's as good a time as any then to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Think about it. Riding around in your new Jeep Gladiator, your Ole Miss car flag flying on your way to see the Rebels play in style. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford has you covered. And no, you don't have to worry about COVID-19. They're open for all of your vehicle needs, taking extra precautions to ensure your car buying process is as seamless and safe as possible. Even better, they're offering customers the opportunity to purchase a vehicle completely over the phone or the internet with the delivery to your home. You pick out the vehicle you like. Simply contact them by phone, email, through the website, and they'll prepare the paperwork. Review it with you on the phone and bring it and your vehicle to your home to finalize. So what are you waiting for? Why not? Why not now? Give them a call. 662-638-0044. That's 662-638-0044. Visit them online at alansamuelsoxford.com or see them in person. Socially distanced, of course, at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. The NFL this year added one team to both divisions in the playoffs this year. Typically, it's just 12. Six on each side. Major League Baseball added to the playoffs. Major League Baseball missed a hell of an opportunity back when sports were dead. They could have absolutely turned all of the sports consciousness to baseball for the first time in years. But a lot of infighting, a lot of budding heads of the players' union in Major League Baseball prevented that from happening. And the viewership that they otherwise would have gotten because no sports were there and they could have filled that vacuum was lost. College football if you're concerned about your viewership, because the only reason all of these games were played was for what? Money. Everybody's pretty much admitted that. They needed the television money. The universities admitted that. We need the television money. So same principle. If you were forward-thinking, it would have expanded the playoffs, announced that before the year started. Maybe the criteria was you have to get eight games in. The viewership explodes. But in a year when there's so much fatigue, the most fatigue we've ever seen, Everybody's looking forward to turning the page on this horrendous year. Fatigue was already at an astronomical level. So if the casual college football fan tuned in to the same thing he's seen every single year, he or she has seen every single year, it's understandable that they eventually tuned out. And you're right. Had you expanded it this year, this was, this was the perfect opportunity for it. You changed the rules so that Ohio State could get into its championship game at the expense of Indiana, who Ole Miss is playing on Saturday in the Outback Bowl. I was with you. Bowl trips were so special. It didn't matter that they didn't mean anything. But this year, and players having the most agency they've ever had, 
in college football especially, has laid bare what we already knew, that this is a business. So all the brainwashed nonsense of bowls are majestic in the Cotton Bowl and Ole Miss did this in the 70s in the Cotton Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, if you're not playing for anything other than pride in a final ranking that you don't really remember. For example, in 2016, Ole Miss was one of the hottest teams at the end of the year. Would you have liked to have seen them in the playoff? Of course you would have. Instead, they go to the Sugar Bowl, beat the crap out of Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State wasn't in the same stratosphere as Ole Miss by the end of the year. Do you remember where Ole Miss ended up ranked? Yeah, I have no clue. No clue. It doesn't mean anything. So that's how you solve the opt-out problem. I can completely sympathize with players that make the decision. I don't like it either. Nobody likes it, but I get it. And I am not going to be a person that tells a player what best to do with their career. Now, if it were you, you would keep playing. Spoiler alert, Bo Wallace coming up, I asked him about opt-outs. He said the same thing. He'd keep playing. I'm just glad that players have the choice. I just wish that the games, the bowls were incentivized enough to where the decision was much tougher. I'm glad they have the choice. But I can all but guarantee you, Elijah Moore isn't opting out if the Outback Bowl leads to now you're facing so-and-so in the round of second round or semifinals, quarterfinals, whatever it is. But that's not the case. Make it mean something, and you solve your problem. Instead, you got a bunch of old suits sitting around picking the same four teams every year. Yeah, I think um, I think with these opt-outs, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I get what you're saying. You you want players to, you know, have have more um, more say in it, whatever. But so, as, at some point, it takes self-awareness. Um, some of these guys got to realize. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that the the day and age now, people think some of these players think they're better than what they are, and um, they're being told certain stuff. And an opt out back in the day was, hey, this dude's a sure first round pick. He's going, you know, he's gonna he's gonna opt out. It, it makes a lot of sense. This dude's about to make, you know, ten fifteen million dollars. I get it. There's people opting out that are, you know, they're essentially quitting in my mind. I mean, they're 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 not they're they're going to another team. They're doing something else, but has nothing to do with with um, you know has nothing to do with NFL draft or, or money or any of that. It has any, has more to do with just hey, I want a better opportunity. I want to go somewhere else. I'll do that. I want to do that. I mean, I, that that to me, um, I, I'm not a fan of. I mean, what could could the university just start opting out of scholarships? I mean, I I, I don't get it. So um, it's just not. I, I'm just I, I see your point, but at the same time, if it, if there's not a reason behind it, you finish what you start. That's just that's all I'm gonna say about it. Coaches opt out of programs all the time. <laughs> we started this whole conversation about staff changes that could come after the bowl. So players get to make that decision too. Okay, let's incentivize these games, bring on the playoff. But back to the original conversation, Jeff Levy would be a big loss. Yeah, I think that, that I would hope if we were going to lose, if Jeff Levy were to leave after one year, then then that would tell me a little more that, hey, maybe he you – know, you know, didn't enjoy working with Lane or, or was, um, you know, just didn't enjoy it here, period. But if, if I'm the administration and I see the value in Jeff Levy, I'm stepping up to the plate and I'm, I'm doing some sort of, you know, head coach and waiting. I'm, I'm up in a salary doing whatever. He's the best, one of the best offense coordinators in the nation. Um, if you were to leave to go get a head coaching job, I get it. Um, you know, that you can't pass on. But if he goes, leaves this situation here with, with Matt Kropp, quarterback, be an OC to go be another OC at a, at a school that tells me a lot more than, than, um, you know, to, to, there's a lot more to the story and you're right. I think you'd end up losing the O-line coach and probably the tight ends coach too. Cause those three are, um, 
those three are paired up pretty well. So, um, yeah, I, I would hope that, that our administration would step up and, and keep Jeff Levy around here because if, if there would ever be a Lane Kiffin departure, I think that he would be an outstanding head coach at, at Ole Miss. Step up because Jeff Levy, he's a wanted man, and his star is only going to continue to rise in this profession. So great quarterbacks coach too. That goes a little bit underappreciated in how he's developed Matt Corral. All right, so Ole Miss and Indiana before we jump to Bo in the Outback Bowl on Saturday. What do you think of the matchup? Because we didn't get to talk about it before it happened, before it was announced. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think it's going to be a tough match for Ole Miss. I really do. Um, you know, I, I think going into that LSU game, if we have, you know, all our guys, I think we win that one. Um, but, you know, coming into Indiana, Indiana's a good team. They lost by seven points to Ohio State. Was I think their only loss some, somewhere around there. And they're they're a hungry team, man. They're, they're a program that's on the rise. Indiana has, has traditionally not been that great at football. And um, Tom Allen has been playing really hard, inspired football. And, and they're out to keep building. So we've got to show up this week. We're playing a very quality opponent. And I think they want this game a lot. So, um, yeah, I, we, we have, we've got to show up and, and want to be there. Because if we don't, we will get embarrassed. It is concerning, along with the opt-outs that you already know about, Jerion Ely's banged up. Braylon Sanders is banged up. How much, if at all, they'll be available for Indiana? It's up in the air. Can Ole Miss really hang in there? If you start removing Jerion Ely, too, and Braylon Sanders, too, Lane Kevin has proven that it doesn't matter what he has. He can put up points. He can put up yards. They put up 558 yards and 48 points against LSU without their two best pass-catching options. But at some point, uncle, right? Yeah, I, I think it, losing Ely certainly hurts, but we have some depth there. We have, um, you know, obviously you have Snoop Connor and Parrish that that can, you know, be very, very good running back. So they are, um, I, I think losing Sanders, man, we're already pretty depleted at wide receiver. Some of these guys got to step up, um, you know, to, to the plate and, and be be some bit of a receiving threat. If not, I think Lane goes into the game and just tries to um, try to run the ball quite a bit. And um, I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see a little John Rice in this game, maybe not a quarterback, but somewhere just to get, you've got to start getting our best athletes on the field, um, you know, if he wants to play. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him a little bit in this game too, just to add something out there. We need playmakers out there, um, especially losing Yeboah and, um, and more like that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see his line up and try to, try to really run, run the ball a lot more this week. It's going to be the Henry Parrish show with Snoop Connor mixed in. Y'all need to give up the whole idea that John Rice Plum is ever going to play. He's not gonna play. Who knows? We need him. We need somebody. We need somebody. But what evidence is there this year that would lead you to believe that in the final game, even as depleted as Ole Miss is, that John Rice is gonna play? He didn't play last week, or excuse me, the week before last. Whenever they played their last game against LSU, December nineteenth. He didn't play then. Yeah, he did play. He had, he had a fumble in that game. He had one play where he he bought. Oh, that's that right. Really special. Yeah. Got a little cute in the two. Who knows? I mean, maybe with a little more time to prepare, they they talked him into it or something, but. Um, I would certainly like to see him play before he goes. I mean, I, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt him in, in that sense to go out there and play. Okay, so how does Ole Miss stay in it then? This feels like the the game where the defense finally has to be something. Now, they've, they've had their moments, but this feels like a game where defensively you have to be better than you've been. Yeah, this is um, <laughs> going to take a, a very good defensive effort. Um which I mean, if you look at at the beginning of the LSU game, I was I was pretty pumped up. I think I texted you. I was like, man, the defense is playing hard. And then, and then there started being a bunch of wide open guys, busted coverage, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, cannot have that this week. Got, got to be very very solid versus this team. This team is going to line up. They're going to run the ball well. I think the quarterbacks 
pretty good. I think he's pretty athletic. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, defense is going to have to play well, especially with us being shorthanded on offense to even have any bit of a chance in this game. This is a, this is a very good football team we're playing. The LSU game is the first time, and I think I texted you this, that I questioned DJ Durkin because really it's hard to judge DJ Durkin in this defense based on the lack of talent on that side of the ball. But it's telling that there are rumblings out there that Lane Kiffin wants to go big potentially on defense. Maybe he thinks, like I'm thinking right now, that they should have been a little bit better than they were. LSU was the first time where I thought, how have you not made the adjustment? This same true freshman wide receiver running the exact same route with single coverage on him. You let him set a record against you. That just doesn't happen. It's never supposed to happen. It's the first time I've thought, what is DJ Durkin doing? Is he not seeing what everyone is seeing? A football layman like myself is seeing. Someone who knows football better than anybody. You, seeing the same thing. You keep trying the same thing over and over. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. And that's exactly what the defensive strategy was against LSU and a true freshman quarterback and a true freshman wide receiver set records against you. Did something that no one has ever done before in the SEC. That is unheard of. That should never, ever happen. I don't care. I know Ole Miss lacks defensively in terms of talent. I know that. Ole Miss lacked defensively in terms of talent back when they went 7-6 and six in the first year of Reese, and they were more competitive than this. Charles Sawyer was their best defensive player and they were more competitive than that as they were against LSU. And there have been bright spots, moments where you say this defense is showing something. Like at the beginning of the LSU game, when you thought, oh, they're here to play. And then what happens? Completely fall apart. Completely fall apart. Because at some point, 48 points has to be enough. Has to be more than enough. Instead, your mm-hmm. offense is back on the field having to score every single time it touches the ball. Now, a lot of that was not the fault of the defense because Matt Corral had his second really bad turnover game. I get that. I get that. I do. Still, that kid set records, and he had no business setting records against you. He kept running the same route over and over. They weren't doing anything creative. It's the first time I thought that way. Now that we know, or at least we're hearing things, of Lane Kiffin wanting to make some changes defensively. He's already done one. Deke Adams is gone. Maybe he thinks that way too. Yeah, I think that that was, that was the common theme this year. I feel like every other game, it was somebody setting a record and that that's concerning. Um, you know, r- r- records are there for a reason because it takes an astronomical performance to, to break those records. And I feel like if you go through all the stats, I mean, every other game, there was some kind of record broken, which, tells me that i mean yeah i get it we're, we're depleted on we don't have a lot of talent on defense but i don't know that we're um, record-breakingly bad every single week so um yeah i mean that's we'll see what happens on defensive side of the ball um if they keep Durkin good i mean obviously we'll get some talent in here and then he'll be judged next year uh, if you get more of the same then obviously we know it was that uh, but i mean it, hopefully it gets better michael Penix, the dynamic starter for indiana at quarterback tore his ACL in late November against Maryland. He's been replaced by Jack Tuttle, transfer from Utah. Tuttle's played in just two games this season. If Tuttle steps in and shreds you defensively, if you're Ole Miss, you really have to start questioning whether it's just a talent thing. I know with a lot of the fan base, and I'm not being critical. I get it. I know with a lot of the fan base, this staff can do no wrong and is above reproach. I get it 
because what they've done this year is pretty remarkable. It's a 10-game All-SEC schedule, and they were in every single game. Actually, you could contend that with a defense that was just a little bit better in the 50s, 60s, hell, 70s, they're probably winning six, seven games. Instead, because the defense was so bad, they ended up with four wins. If you're an Ole Miss fan, it's okay to say defensively Ole Miss lacks talent and also say DJ Durkin could have done a better job of utilizing the personnel that he has. Lane Kiffin's done it. He started two brand-new offensive linemen this year, and you never noticed that offensive line because they were good. Elijah Moore became a superstar under Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin took the personnel he had, and he won anyway. So it's okay. You can have it both ways. You can say, yes, Ole Miss lacks talent, but DJ Durkin, there is criticism there. Justifiable criticism of how Ole Miss performed defensively. Yeah, that's, that's what's any job you know in the world. Anytime, anytime there's that kind of numbers put up, um, people a lot of times ignore. You can say talent all day long, but people, I mean, football is results-driven business, and when you step into it, I mean, people rarely want to hear anything about talent or anything that they just – you get judged by results. That's it is what it is. Um, and, and certainly on defense, we were, um, you know, the, the results just weren't there this year. And it, um, you're right. I mean, we scored, if you'd have told me our offense was going to average nearly 50 points a game and we'd only win four games, I would have told you you're crazy. But um, yeah, that's, that's just, it's just mind blowing. There are real rumblings to this Will Muschamp stuff. Will he take the job? Will it be offered to him? I don't know. But if on Saturday, this Tuttle kid who's completed 18 of 27 passes, 161 yards, two touchdowns in his two games. If he comes out and shreds this Ole Miss defense, what other excuse is there? What other excuse is there? How can you continue to say it's just a talent issue? And Matt Crowell did not help Ole Miss at LSU. I get that. Turn over the ball a lot. When that happens, you lose. But defensively, come on. It's been the same thing over and over and over. I could excuse it more if a true freshman quarterback and a true freshman wide receiver didn't set records against you in that same game. That's all I'm saying. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Going to go to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Bo Wallace, former Ole Miss quarterback. He's got a new job. And he's here to talk about it. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. See you, Ben. Howdy, Toddy. Before we jump to Bo, let's hear from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Are you tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. 
You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Woodman phone line. Good friend of the pod. It's Bo Wallace, former Ole Miss quarterback, now the co-offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach at Pearl River Community College. What's up, Bo? What's going on? Appreciate you having me. Thanks for coming back on, man. Uh, we meant to do this before Christmas and wires got crossed, but you're here now and you got a new job, man. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, you know, co-OC down at Pearl River. Um, really excited about it. Um, just a really good program. Uh, I mean, when you, when, when you step on campus, I mean, it's a campus you can sell. And, um, you know, that, that always helps in recruiting, obviously, what, what kids can see. Um, so uh, very excited about the move and excited to work with Coach Tatum, our, our other offensive coordinator, and, and uh, Coach Smith and, and Coach Mosby, our receivers coach, and, and also Coach Davis, our, our running backs coach. So really excited to get down there. And, you know, probably been working for about a month to get back down there and really uh, drive the nails in, in on the offense that, that we want to use. It's really funny, man, because you've been on this podcast so many times. I feel like I've followed you every step of your coaching career. Has your coaching philosophy, what you want offense to be adapted in any way? Yeah, I mean, always you, I mean, you know, I have an, a great idea of everything I want it to look like, but, um, you know, obviously I have to see, um, you know, what the, what the personnel looks like um, and, and, and all those certain things. So um, luckily, you know, this spring will actually get a spring. Um, you know, I felt like we were, we were pretty good on offense last year, but, um, you know, if we would have had a spring and a summer, we would have really, really lit things up. Um, so, you know, luckily, you know, COVID's kind of hopefully ending here and, uh, you know, we'll get, get a full spring, spring schedule. And then, uh, you know, the, the spring also, or I'm sorry, the summer also. You're a quarterback's coach. I've had many quarterbacks coaches on this podcast and I ask them the exact same question every time. What do you most look for in a quarterback? Um, I think just confidence, uh, confidence and, and being able to, to shake things off. Um, you know, no quarterback's ever going to play a perfect game. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I can develop you uh, as far as your skill and, and, and that and those type of things. But, um, you know, and, and we're always trying to develop you as a person and obviously as a quarterback in the way you think and, and things like that. But it's a lot uh, it's a lot easier to do when you have a guy that, that you know is a winner and a competitor. And somebody that's going to, you know, go out there every day and um, and, and not miss practices and things like that. So um, definitely look for that and, and guys that we recruit. That's hard-earned advice for you, Bo. Oh, yeah. No, I, I tell them all the time. You know, I threw, I think my sophomore year, I threw 17 interceptions. I don't really care about any any, any of them. You know, I tell them all the time, you know, just I don't remember one of them. You know, that's how short the memory is right there when you throw an interception because – I mean, the way offensive football is played today, um, you know, it's obviously you don't want to have turnovers and things like that. You know, turnover margin will, will kill you and wins and losses. But, um, you know, you, you do have more possessions um, now that, that uh, you know, offenses are playing the way that they do. So, you know, when you do make a mistake, you're going to have, you know, a couple more chances than you used to have that, that football um, because of, you know, the offenses are going so fast. It creates more possessions in a game. 
Have the conversations changed with you as far as when people talk to you about football? Is it less about, oh, it's former Ole Miss quarterback Bo Wallace, more it's coach Bo Wallace? Um, I mean, you know, we, we have, you know, guys come in and recruit our guys that, you know, I played against or, 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 or things like that. And, you know, we might reminisce on that game that he coached against me and things like that. But it's a little bit of both. I know we've talked about this before, but it was always coaching for you once you got done with football, right? Well, I think, um, you know, I always knew what I, that I wanted to be around football and kind of knew that I was going to coach um, when I was growing up, kind of, you know, knew I was going to play as long as I could and then coach. So, um, you know, I, I, I knew I knew pretty fast, um, you know, uh, that, that this is what I wanted to do full time, um, you know, and, and luckily I've been around been around a couple of different coaching staff. So seeing, you know, different types of coaches and and kind of learn from from uh, very good ones and uh and, and you know guys that you don't really want to be like so um you know that's been a good experience for me what's Bo Wallace the recruiter like I think uh you know I, I'm gonna go after the the biggest dogs in the state I mean that's one thing um you know any offensive player that that I can sit on a board and show you hey man this is exactly how I want to get you open um you know I've watched a ton of your tape and um, you know, this is my plan for you. This is where you're going to play. And this is what I'm going to do to get you to football. Um, because obviously, you know, these kids, they want to come in and they want to, they want to play early. And, uh, you know, so, um, and, and that's the guys that we're going after the guys that can come in and contribute the first year. So, um, always going after the, the biggest guy. And then, you know, any, any kind of offensive skill guy, I feel like once I can put them on the board and, and have that conversation with them and, and show them that, you know, this isn't your regular stuff that you're going to just, you know, you're calling out there, you know, we, we have reasons why we're doing things and, and reasons and, and, and things that we're doing to get you open. So um, I think, you know, just once we, we get on the board, um, you know, I got a shot at them. Juco recruiting. It's a different animal than typical recruiting, right? Because there's so many different balls in the air that you have to juggle. Well, I think it's just so much turnover. You know, if you have a kid that's qualified and he has one good year as a freshman, you know, a, a a you know South Alabama might come get him after his freshman year when you have other guys who are non-qualifiers you know that you're going to have him for two years so you're trying to you know push their tape out and things like that um but you know really it's just uh you know you might have a kid that's committed to you um you know I know this happened to us at East Mississippi when we were there you know you may you may have a kid that you're I mean you're feeling great about and then you you might on the last couple days you know, get a Southern Miss offer or a South Alabama offer or something like that. And then, you know, that kind of changes your recruiting board last second and, you know, you're scrambling a little bit. But um, and then also the roster turnover, that's the thing that's so different. Um, it's so fast um, that, you, like I said, you're not getting really a chance to develop kids. So you're having to go and, and take kids instead of what you see, you know, two years down the road. You have to look at them from, you know, what you see right now. You know, how, how can he help us right now? An interesting dynamic as well is that there are schools that have a relationship with a particular junior college to where they'll funnel kids. Maybe they sign them with their non-qualifiers to get them back once they get qualified for your school. So that's an added bit of responsibility for you guys, right? Yeah, and that's why you have to make sure you have uh, you know great relationships with those coaches. Um, you know, luckily we've been, I've been, you know, I was at Ole Miss and all those coaches kind of branched off to different areas. So. Um, I feel like, you know, I, I can be a guy that they trust to make sure that they get that kid. Um, you know, his grades are going to be right and we're going to be on top of him and make sure we get him back to you. Um, you know, so, yeah, you will have those relationships to where they will send you a kid and, 
you know, you have to, you know, this, this might be South Alabama, and you know, uh, South Alabama might want him back, but let's say, you know, Georgia's coming in on him, but you know, you, you, you told this coach of South Al that I'm sending him back to you. So as long as that coach hasn't left or, you know, any coaching changes, you know, that kid's going to South Alabama because that's how you keep those relationships. How wild is it to look around college football? Kane Walmack, defense coordinator at Indiana, he's going to be the head coach of South Alabama, or is, but after the game on Saturday against Ole Miss. Tom Allen's the head coach at Indiana. Freeze is at Liberty. He'll get another job probably next year or two. All the coaches that you were playing under are now branching out and you're seeing them take over programs. Is that weird for you? Yeah, I was just thinking about that, um, you know, the other day. Also, um, you know, A.J. Milwee, that was my quarterback coach um, in junior college. He's going to be the offensive coordinator for Arkansas State. Um, he was a uh, OC at Akron and then worked for uh, Saban for two years as an analyst, and he's going to be the OC over there. So, you know, and, and Ryan Applin, who was the guy ahead of me at Arkansas State, he's the running backs coach now at Arkansas State. So um, just – Knowing a lot of guys that's that's really um, up and coming guys, um, you, you know, I can always call them and, and pick their brain and, you know, have somebody to rely on, uh, you know, in situations where, with, you know, in my instance, being a young coach, not not seeing everything that that you know those guys may have seen and being able to pick up the call the phone and, and call them. What's the thing you most learned as a coach? Where have you grown the most? I think um, it's something that I'm just still working on is just patience. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I, I've seen it done one way, and if it doesn't look like that and we've wrapped it, wrapped it, wrapped it, wrapped it, you know, my patience really isn't there for it. So, um, you know, just making sure my patience is there. And, uh, you know, obviously if, if we're wrapping it and we continue to get it wrong, you know, there, there's there's something to be said about that. But um, I think, you know, being, being in coaching has, has really helped my patience and it's something that I have to continue to work on. All right, Mr. Quarterbacks Coach, what have you thought of Matt Corral this year? I thought he's been really good. Um, just great arm talent, the scheme. I mean, the scheme's been amazing. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's got weapons everywhere, um, you know, even at tight end position, and that's huge in offense today, um, having that tight end that can, that can do both for you in the, in the run and the pass game. Um, so, I mean, I, I think he's done, he's done a, a, a fantastic job, really. We'll get right back to Bo Wallace, former Ole Miss quarterback in this edition of Talk of Champions. After I tell you about Cheney's Pharmacy, and PropSwap.com, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. The holiday season is the most wonderful time of the year. But with the holiday season comes changes in the weather, family members coming down with colds, whatever it might be. Of course, you want to make sure that you have a safe and sick-free and fun holiday season, but the only way to do that is to ensure that your pharmacy is one that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that, Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Stay safe and make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. 
The newest addition to the Talk of Champions family of advertisers is PropSwap.com. PropSwap.com is an online marketplace where you can buy and sell sports betting tickets. Whether it's a long shot future, a parlay with one game left, or even a straight bet at halftime, PropSwap lets you post your ticket for sale and lock in your money before the event is over. PropSwap is also a great place to purchase tickets from the comfort of your home at better odds than the sports books are offering. Go to PropSwap.com today, register for an account, and enter promo code Biloxi. That's Biloxi, B-I-L-O-X-I, for a deposit match up to $100. Ask Clay Travis, Cousin Sal, or Darren Rovell about the value of PropSwap and add it to your repertoire to make yourself a profitable sports better. PropSwap.com, that's PropSwap, P-R-O-P-S-W-A-P.com, promo code Biloxi. Why has Ole Miss been able to, even when Elijah Moore or Kenny Yaboa opt out, why are they still able to put up 558 yards against LSU and 48 points? I think it's, uh, you know, Kiffin does a great job and whoever's, you know, making game plans. You know, I don't know the dynamics of all that stuff, but um, whoever's whoever's game planning and, and doing the shots and things, I think they're doing a great job of manipulating the coverage and uh, stealing eyes from the back end guys. Um, so, uh, I think that's creating those those huge home run balls that you see guys wide open. Um, also, the tempo, um, they're great with their tempo. I mean, they're really, really, really fast. Um, you know, one of the fastest in the country when they're really, you know, trying to do it fast. And then also, you know, I think Kevin gives them a chance when he's always going for it on fourth down. You know, that, um, you know, I felt like they were pretty good on fourth down. I'm sure you know the numbers, but, um, you know, them being good on fourth down, allowed them to, to score extra points that, you know, if they were going to punt the ball away on a third and four, uh, they wouldn't have got a chance to score. If you were a quarterback in an offense like that, would you be wanting to go for it on fourth down every single time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I want to do that anyway. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge proponent of, of getting four plays to, to get uh, to get 10 yards than three. So, uh, you know, I know if I'm ever lucky enough to make those calls as a head coach, uh, you know, once we're past the 40, I think uh, – if it's if it's something close, we're we're definitely going for it. That's a shift philosophically and analytically, isn't it? Just in the game in yeah. general, right? And you see a lot more people doing that now. Um, you know, using analytics. We have our receivers coach; he's huge on analytics. So I'm really excited to to get in there and uh, you know really look at those things um, when we get back um, and just look at all the things that he has. I'm I'm really excited about being able to to use those this year, um, and and because that's something I haven't used in the past. Ole Miss is going to the Outback Bowl. It's the first bowl in five years. What do you think about that, Ole Miss going to the Outback Bowl? I think it would be good. Um, it's in Tampa, right? Outback Bowl is in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So that's a good city to hang out in. So, I mean, yeah, that'll be a that'll be a fun trip. The difference, though, is that y'all got a full week of a bowl experience. Even in Birmingham, when y'all went to Birmingham, y'all right. got a full week of bowl experience. It's got to be weird. Put yourself in the shoes of a player how do you approach a bowl? How does it feel like an accomplishment, right? How does it feel like right. you've gotten something out of it if you don't really get to get the full experience? Well, yeah, I mean, you're right about that. But also, I mean, it's football and you get another chance to play football. So I, I know there's one thing, um, you know, if I was on a team, I'd be doing everything I could to make sure our team didn't opt out um, because, you know, it's it's another chance to play football. So um, you know, you, you should take that opportunity, but I, I, I haven't been able to, or I haven't went through the things with the daily testing and all that kind of stuff that those kids had to go through. So I understand, you know, it, it's probably been, been hard on them this year, but I mean, it's another chance to play football. So, um, you know, you should go play it. 
in general, what's your philosophy on opting out? Like I said, um, you know, I understand if, if, if maybe somebody really close to you had conditions or, or things like that, but, um, you know, and, and there's always certain situations, but, you know, as far as me personally, you know, I would have been playing, you know, there, there's no doubt about it. Well, it's a new dynamic too. And then just in college football, if you look across the board, the transfer portal and everything that's going to be happening and just these yeah. kids having more agency and control over right. their careers it's just a fascinating dynamic because you have fans that are saying, oh, opting out is selfish, but also players, you've been in that position before. To have more agency is a good thing. To be able to control and, and not necessarily have other people or papers bind you to something, that's a good thing. But also it's, it's very complicated because you have to deal with actual emotional stuff as it pertains to fans and things like that. Exactly. And I was just going to say, you know, the fans, the fans are going to drive some people out of schools, you know, if they're having bad games or something like that. And the fans on Twitter are getting at them and, you know, they don't feel like they, they, they need to be there. They're going to drive them out of schools. Um, it, I mean, cause Twitter, it's, it's tough after a game that you lose in the SEC. Um, so that, that's something huge as a coach you have to think about also. And, um, you know, you, you have to be a player's coach now um, because, you know, a lot of the shift is, is going towards the players. So, um, you know, that, that's something that you, that you also have to think about, too, going into this new world of coaching and new world of, you know, the NCAA and what they're allowing is, um, you know, you definitely have to be more of on the player's side um, as a coach now. What is it to you to see Tom Allen as a head coach of Indiana and coaching a number nine ranked team in Indiana? Did you see it with him? Did you see it with Tom Allen when he was on staff, a uh, future as a head coach? Well, yeah, I, yeah, I honestly did just because he was so detailed in everything he did. And then also he, I mean, those linebackers, you see how hard Indiana plays for him. I mean, those linebackers played hard for him. That defense played hard for him. Special teams was always, you know, was always solid, um, you know, and he, and he had control over that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I, I could definitely have seen him be a head coach. Now, did I see him taking Indiana to a top 10 team? You know, absolutely not. But um, you know, I always knew Coach Allen. Coach Allen was, you know, kind of special in in the way that he could relate to players and get get it, get them to play hard for him. When you look back at this journey now, because I remember talking to you when you're getting recruited by Ole Miss to now being in the place you are now. When you look back and reflect on it, what's the journey been like for you? Man, it, it's been it's it's been it's been great. I mean, you know, I kind of consider myself a Mississippian. I've been there for so long. You know, had I not went to East Mississippi, I would have never been introduced to the junior college, uh, you know, the junior college process and would have never really even looked into coaching in junior college. But, you know, it's, it's a great, you know, lifestyle coaching in junior college. You know, you're going to make, you know, make okay money. And then, you know, you, you don't have those hours that, uh, that, that, you know, those division one coaches have now, you know, somebody like me, I, I want those hours, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. I want to get to that point. Um, but you know, as far as you could do this for the rest of your life and, 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 you know, enjoy it. Um, so, you know, I would have never, never even known about Mississippi junior college football. Um, and then going to Ole Miss, I think that just created, you know, created those connections even more, um, and, and helps me in recruiting because, you know, I'm mainly recruiting Mississippi kids. So a lot of these kids know who I am, or at least heard of, you know, what we did when, what we were able to do while I was at Ole Miss. So. Um, you know that, and and to say that doesn't help you when you walk in the doors of a of a home, you know that'd be a lie. We've talked about this so many times, but you're one of the most important signees in Ole Miss history, 
Have you thought about what your career would have been like had you not made that decision and gone to Ole Miss? I don't know. Um, I think more I think about how what it what could have happened if you know I hadn't got hurt the third game of my career against Tulane. Mm. You know, I think that's really more what I think about because I mean. I'm I'm glad I chose Ole Miss. Um, you know, I can say that looking back on it. Um, there was times, you know, I was tired of the fans, and I'm sure the fans were tired of me. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm very glad that I that I chose that I you know did choose Ole Miss. When you walked on campus, when you're walking into your first practice, y'all didn't have a ton of talent at first. Okay, so when you yeah. looked around, did you think to yourself at all, "Oh shit, what have I got myself into"? Nah, because I didn't know what SEC talent necessarily looked like. You know what I mean? I was just trying to get there. You know, I felt like I was young and, you know, I was just happy to be there. And I wouldn't think about anything but winning that job, you know, because I was, that's, you know, kind of what I was there to do, obviously. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I was young and naive and didn't know. So I was just going to go out there and throw the ball around and see what happened. So, you know, I don't need, I don't ever remember thinking like that no i don't oh, now looking good. back to and then you know you you get it you get in 2014 <laughs> you know you get in 2014 and you look at the talent then you know then you realize yeah. okay this is what it's supposed to look like yeah you know and, and then you see it, it actually tells you what a great season that seven and six year was in 2012 because yeah like you said we were not you know anywhere close to being able to compete not to disrespect anybody but laramie tunsil looks different laquan looked different Rob looked different. Tony yeah. Connor looks different. <laughs> I could just, the the yeah. difference in perspective for you. That's I haven't even thought about that before. Go, oh, oh, wait a second. This does look different. Right. Yeah, no doubt. And and um I mean you would see it when you would went on the road or you know, when you were playing SEC teams and I mean Alabama didn't look like us and we didn't look like Auburn and L S U. Um so I mean, yeah, that that that's that's definitely how how it kinda happened, just kinda Look back like, whoa, you know, this is this is a little different right here. And can we finally admit that it wasn't really a competition? You won that pretty early. I, I thought so too, but yeah, I was nervous. I was nervous going into it because um, you know they didn't they didn't name it until the week of the game. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. He's Bo Wallace, former Ole Miss quarterback, good friend of the pod. Thanks for doing this, man. I see you've been on like a media tour lately. Look at you. Am I your last stop? <laughs> Oh, uh, I think so. I think so. It's back to work now. Okay, there you go. Well, thank you for doing it, man. I appreciate you, and uh, best of luck over there. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you.